0: Toy Hut. Let's Get go to, to Toy, Toy Hut. Hut. The, the Ultimate Hut. Star, Wars Star Wars Fan Store. Store. Created <laughs> by collectors for collectors. Go to toyhut.com with two T's and Hut, <laughs> Toy Hut chips worldwide daily. Custom Jet the Hut shipping boxes are made just for action figures. They know what the adult collector expects. <laughs> Toy Hut. Jets Toy Hut. Jets Toy Hut. <laughs> Our official sponsor, Jets Toy Hut. Once again. Thanks, hey Jets. Ooh, ooh, uh,
1: ooh. Hut to
0: be
1: Uh, you can find them at toyhut.com that's t-o-y-h-u-t-t dot com i want to see the picture of jet again
2: from the The, toyhut.com
1: or jth if you're into that whole brevity thing
0: yeah 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 he's a bounty hunter look at him that's not mandalorian armor that's not your old man's that's not your dad's bounty hunter
1: uh if you go to the website uh be sure to check out with the code caustic and save 10% on all your orders. 10% off.
0: Da, 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 da. Super awesome.
2: <laughs>
0: they got more action figures than uh, that Toydarian character on <laughs> um, Tatooine.
2: Than all the Toydarians together. Yeah. And they're named Toydarians for a reason. Yeah, so that's exactly. pretty impressive.
0: Very impressive. Just ask Cy Snoodles.
2: But, you know, Republic credits don't work on toyhut.com either. Only
0: money. They certainly have excellent lightsabers.
2: Look at that. The Yoda Force FX Master Replica Lightsaber. Unopened. Factory sealed. I know. That's nice.
1: And they have boxes that are specifically designed for action figures so that your shipments get there safely.
0: You must go to toyhut.com. There you will buy a Yoda action figure, the Jedi Master who instructed me. I'm Torn Atkinson. Looks like this old
1: McDonald. Had a body farm. E-I-E-I. Oh. am yeah! Kevin Leeson, and this newspaper article has gone straight to his head.
2: Yeah! I'm Joe Fulgham. It looks like for these elephants, times are
3: tusk. Yeah! I'm Don DeBrant. You scream, I scream. We all see us ice cream.
4: It's the Caustic Soda Podcast! Yay!
2: It's time to set the
0: mics up. It's time for Tales of Woe. It's time to take the red pill on the Caustic Soda Show. It's time to do our research, unless your name is Joe. It's time to load the wiki on the Caustic Soda Show. To introduce our guest star, that's what I'm here to do. So it makes me very hungry to introduce to you Don the Drams!
1: But now let's get things started. Why don't you get things started? It's
0: time to get things started on the informational, aberrational, strangulational, nauseational Strapping for the classic Soda Show! CSI, Forensics, Crime Scene Investigation Wow, yes indeed Here we have, as our special guest, Don DeBrant Yay Say hello Don hello, hello Don,
3: I'm sorry
1: And Don DeBrant, <laughs> why uh, why are you here? What, what are your bona fides? My
3: bona fides are that I have written f- seven CSI novels Five CSI Miami and two CSI Vegas As well, I have... Uh, do they edited. call them CSI Vegas. Or they just call them CSI. They just call them CSI, but I say that so people know what the heck I'm talking about. And I have edited a collection of pop culture essays on CSI called "Investigating CSI." Ooh. So uh, what happens in those? Well, it's people talking about uh, you know different aspects of the show, uh, ranging from you know examining how real forensics work to looking at the influence of the show and how it's affected society, the CSI effect, yes, things like that. I've yeah. heard
0: of that. We can talk about that.
3: Do your CSI Miami
2: books, do they start off with really bad David Caruso one-liners?
3: No, those come in a little bit
1: later. Oh, okay. Have you actually met David Caruso? No, I have not. Oh, I really want to know if he talks like that in real life.
2: I very much doubt it. (laughs) He is an actor, you know.
3: I I actually have David Caruso to thank for uh, a lot of the characterization that I did of Fratio because uh, regardless of what you may think of Caruso as an actor... Uh, He does his research. I I read a bunch of interviews with him before CSI Miami started, and he really got into what drove the character, and that wound up really informing my books, which uh, I got a chance to delve into the character a lot more than maybe what you see on the screen.
1: I like all the YouTube videos where you have those little pithy catchphrases, but you don't have any context, so it's all like, I guess he's swept under the rug.
2: I'm going to be sure to include the... uh the Endless Caruso one-liners YouTube video on the post for this. uh...
1: They can get pretty hysterical.
2: Some of them are kind of meh, but some of them are I
0: like to take my glasses off and then finish my line. Yeah! (laughs)
3: <laughs> That's true. This is true, and believe it or not, I did. I did incorporate that into the, the, into the dialogue. Yes. It is kind of fun when you actually get to write that.
1: Roman Danilo on his show Comedy Inc. does a deadly Caruso. It's yeah. it's the only funny thing Roman Danilo has ever done.
3: <laughs> I have to concur. Yeah.
1: But he played Obi Wan Kenobi as Caruso one time. Oh no, no, sorry. He played he played Caruso as Luke Skywalker. Oh wow! Because he had Luke. I am your father. And he went, ripped his glasses off. And went no. <laughs> <laughs> that's reminding me of the
2: old saturday night live uh screen test for uh different actors and they had uh, a bunch christopher of people walken,
1: christopher yeah. walken fast ship you've never heard of the millennium falcon you know what's even funnier is christopher walken actually tested yeah and solo yeah in in no real way life. did yes, he really he, he did. did
0: and you know what luke skywalker has in common with csi What's that? Nothing.
2: <laughs>
3: well, Corin <laughs> well, yanks the leash.
2: Let's he did happen upon a crime scene. Back on that's trash. true. Uncle, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. That's true. Uh, well, how would that? And, uh, how and, would that have gone? And Obi Wan was a pretty good investigator. Well, he had the Force. Sand people walk single file. Oh, had yeah, that's the true. Numbers. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. As well, we know how precise <laughs> Imperial stormtroopers are. <laughs>
3: that's true. He would have no, made a precise. fairly impressive CSI. On the so, other hand, you know, Luke just bursts in, sees Apollo Ash, and says, Oh, no, and Peru.
1: It's like, well, come on. How do you know it's them? How do you be faked? kind of jumped into conclusions? Yeah, exactly. exactly.
3: Yeah, it could have been a conspiracy.
1: Going to need some DNA evidence. I feel a new series of novels coming on. Some midichlorian CSI evidence. Star Wars.
3: <laughs> <laughs> know, CSI Tatooine. Tatooine. <laughs> yes. There you go. <laughs> so, this is a wretched hive of scum and villainy. So, uh, what is
0: the uh, difference between CSI and forensics, if any?
3: Well, CSI is, of Let's course. Let's define some terms here. Crime scene investigators are basically the people that go in and examine the scene before or, well, actually after the detectives have, have looked it over. They collect evidence. Essentially, that's what they do. They, they collect evidence. But it's different everywhere. I mean, especially across the states. It's all every different state, sometimes every different county. They have different ways of dealing with it. There's no one overarching
0: Protocols. Protocols. Methodology.
3: Methodology, no. Protocolology. CSIs range from actual cops that carry guns to, you know, somebody who's no more than a a glorified lab tech that's maybe had, you know, a weekend course, all depending on the budget of the police department. Right. So it, the, the the quality that you see, I mean, you very, very rarely get anything as sophisticated and high-tech as all of the toys that's that the show gets watch, to play
1: with. That's why we, whenever you watch one of those shows on A&E and they, uh, you're in some, like, two-horse podunk town, they always, like, send that evidence to the FBI.
2: We've got to send it off to the FBI wait <laughs> for the results. <laughs> yeah,
1: Doesn't make for a good TV
2: show.
0: I haven't watched a lot of CSI, but I've watched a few episodes of Bones and stuff like that. And it mm-hmm. always seems like the people who are doing the crime scene investigation – are always chasing down the suspects as well. But that's not really how it that's works. That's not
3: really how it works. No, they, they, have, they, they send the detectives to do that.
2: I think it's a lot like sending down the captain of the Enterprise with the away team you know it's normally not done but it makes for st- good drama it makes for right. good drama and to keep the story moving
1: I actually when in the very first season of CSI Vegas I was actually a big fan of the show and I got kind of into it and I was about three quarters away the, the first season and my roommate at the time basically turned me off of the whole thing with one simple statement does he it have said, to do with flashlights? No he said do you ever notice they go to the crime scene and they collect all the evidence and then three quarters away through the episode they realize that they've missed something and they go back and like, they go back and oh. relook at the scene and find a new piece of evidence that leads them in the right direction. So that like,
0: cigarette you, stub they, underneath the yeah, couch.
1: They are the worst crime scene investigators of all time, because if you don't get it the first time around, you're pretty much a jackass, right? And I went, oh, now that's all I will ever see. <laughs> it cured me of my liking of that show. That's really a shame, because, you know, they, they got past that. I mean, a lot of the time they... Now
3: they they wind up re-examining evidence that they have already collected and just look at it in a new way. I
0: right. was I was going to say you just insulted Don because that's all that he does in his in the books <laughs> that he writes. That's <laughs> totally
3: not true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 See, I. Uh, I ro- then you
1: should be writing the TV series.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, your 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 words to uh, Anthony Zucker's, Zucker's ear.
1: He's got a hard to pronounce last name. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> you should
0: write a letter. So the word forensic comes from the Latin adjective forensis, meaning of or before the forum. In Roman times, a criminal charge meant presenting the case before a group of public individuals in the forum. And the phobia of CSI is, well, there's not really any. But like fear of investigation. Do you <laughs> guys know what hemophobia or hematophobia it is? It would be fear of, fear of blood. Fear of blood. Good, yeah. good. And necrophobia, it's an fear easy one. Fear yeah, of death. Yeah. Or dead things, yeah. So we can talk about bite marks, blood splatter patterns, ballistics,
3: hair, fiber, handwriting analysis. Okay, but you're going to have to buy me a drink first. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one of the cool things, I, the, uh, the machinery, the cool equipment that you see on CSI, mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff is real and has become more real as the show has gone on because companies that are making interesting things to collect forensics send them stuff because they know if they can get exposed on the show.
1: Oh, really? Or a profile
3: in the community. Product and,
2: placement, yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> Which is actually, I think, a very cool thing, because it then you know sort of drives the whole science forward with mm-hmm. other people going, oh, we should be using this. So yeah, some of the things that you see, even though they're not the kind of thing that is all CSI labs have, uh, are real products. They don't invent any of the tech. So
0: let's talk about the CSI effect, then. What is that?
3: The CSI effect, is essentially the, uh, the idea that juries now expect the sort of results they see on the TV
1: show. There's like real hard-bitten science, this, uh, you know, incontrovertible fact sort of thing.
3: Well, it's, it's just the idea that, oh you know, all CSI labs must have access to all of this sophisticated equipment and uh, that everything can be done in a very short period of
1: time. Like in the span of an
3: hour. <laughs> or, or at least in the span of a couple of days, which yeah. is what most of the shows take place over. But to a certain degree, this is a good thing in that it's pushing the expectations up and forcing cops and uh, forensic to their laboratories their to do their job better yeah. and to really concentrate on that. Of course, the cops are not all that happy about it. You know the, the cops aren't happy about it because they're being forced to work a little bit harder Be than thorough. maybe they were they were used to right there are higher expectations i don't see that as being a bad thing <laughs>
0: Well, you're obviously not a cop. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> oh, damn juries, they want, like, information and stuff. Don't they no. know I
1: have drinking to do. Isn't there a, a kind of a, a backwards CSI effect in that there's, like, criminals are thinking that they can master tracks a lot easier yes. than, than they actually can because they think that yeah, something I'm... they see on CSI will actually work? But yeah, not necessarily true. And
3: and I've read an essay by an actual forensics guy who says that even though that that seems to be a fear by some police and stuff, that really they haven't seen it because mm. as we all know, for the most part, criminals are dumb. If you are a and real don't, and they don't have cable, they're also superstitious. Actually, and cowardly <laughs> lot they all have cable. <laughs> they steal it. They don't watch CSI. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing is, if you're willing to go to a great deal of preparation, yeah, you can use stuff from the show to probably make it harder for police to catch you. But most criminals just don't prepare. Yeah. They, they, they do dumb things or people that, that commit murders usually don't plan them. You wind up shooting somebody and then you try to cover up after the fact. And that's really, really hard to do. And if if you've got the kind of work ethic that
2: in, that is involved in actually pulling off, let's just say, the perfect crime to do a callback uh, to our perfect murder episode, maybe, you'd probably just have a job mm-hmm. and be very good at it and make good money and
1: not have to be a criminal. Like the main character in American Psycho.
3: Exactly. I would guess that there are some criminals out there who have studied forensics and who maybe have even used them but they're not going to be professional criminals they're going to be you know the sort of people that have decided they're going to kill somebody and make it the perfect crime yeah and you know if they have made it the perfect crime we'll never know because (laughs) no one will ever figure out that it was a murder
1: well even serial killers don't have a tendency to actually commit the perfect crime it's just that they don't have any connection with the victim, and so mm-hmm. it's hard to connect the dots. They don't have a right? team of crack
0: forensic yeah. uh, investigators saying, "Don't make sure you don't do this, and make yeah. sure you don't do like, that." Like there's a
1: lot, there's always lot, mm-hmm. lots of semen left at like some of these crime <laughs> scenes and stuff like that, but they just don't have something they can compare it against, right? Well, it all depends. I mean, well, I mean, although they're building databases now, but I'm talking semen about,
0: databases. Yes.
1: Yeah, Kevin's we're been helping I, out with that. We're yeah.
0: going to have to. Uh, <whistles>
2: is is that what the kids are calling is that what the kids are
0: so the information I have here about the CSI effect jurors routinely afford confident scientific experts and almost mythic infallibility because they evoke the bold characters from crime dramas the real world of forensic science is far different America's forensics labs are overburdened understaffed and under intense pressure from prosecutors to produce results according to a 2005 study by the Department of Justice the average lab has a backlog of 401 401 requests for services. That's an average. So yeah. does that oh. mean
1: that uh, before they go into court, they make their CSI guys, before they testify, they all got to grow William Peterson beards <laughs> just to hearken? I don't know William who William Peterson is. I don't
3: know who that is either. Wow, you guys are so unprepared. That's the lead character in CSI, it's, William Peterson. I Gil mean, Grissom. I don't, I don't watch uh, CSI. Manhunter.
0: Man Manhunter. How Lines many CSI now, series like? are there? Three now. So should we talk about the history
3: of forensics? I think we uh, we have to start with Locard's Principle. What's that? Low card's principle is the idea that any time two objects come together, that one will leave, that they will leave traces on each other. I've right. heard of this thing. The low card Exchange Principle.
0: Oh, I thought you meant low card. Low card. Uh, like a two versus a queen. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> but no, it's low, L-O-C-A-R-D.
3: Because it's set in Vegas, right? Yeah, there you it's go. It's yeah, yeah, Principle. Yeah, yeah. We so, found a four of spades at the crime scene, <laughs> don't we always? All right, well that's a good one. Uh, how about so the, Edmund uh, Locard. Yes. What, con- does it, what
0: does it mean? What's it all about?
3: With contact between two items, there will be an exchange. And uh, yeah, he he was a French scientist who came up with this in uh, what's the nineteen twenty-seven?
2: Yes, well, nineteen twenty-seven. Yeah,
1: there was a CSI nineteen twenty-seven.
3: There should be <laughs> in Lyon, <laughs> France.
1: CSI
3: Lyon. CSI Lyon.
0: I have an older, I have an older, a little scholarly. Lay, lay uh, it statements. on us. The first written account of using medicine and entomology to solve separate criminal cases is attributed to the book of Shi Yuan Lu, translated as "Washing Away of Wrongs," written in China in 1248.
3: Oh in snap! One,
0: in one of the accounts, the case of a person murdered with a sickle.
3: Yes, I know this
0: one. Was solved by a death investigator who instructed everyone to bring his sickle to one location. He realized it was a sickle by testing various blades on an animal carcass and comparing the wound. Flies, attracted by the smell of blood, eventually gathered on a single sickle. In light of this, the murderer confessed.
3: That's right, because wow. they were attracted to the blood. The and bo- this, this, by the way, is where we get the term sickle cell anemia. <gasps>
1: Really? No, I made that up. Uh, <laughs> oh, he totally got us. Oh, that would have been he so cool. Totally, it, it's kind of cool that he got us so decisively, <laughs> all three of us. He really did. There was a sharp intake of breath in the room. The... Uh, what do we know about pistol wad? Wow, that's kind of a personal
3: question. Um, actually, <laughs> I don't, about I don't know about pistol wad. What is pistol wad?
0: Uh, In 1784 in Lancaster, John Toms was tried and convicted by murdering Edward Culshaw with a pistol. When the dead body of Culshaw was examined, a pistol wad, crushed paper used to secure powder and balls in the muzzle, found in his head wound, matched perfectly with the torn newspaper found in Tom's
3: pocket. Oh. It's early ballistics, isn't it? Yeah. Circumstantial. <laughs> I, I I always tear little pieces of paper and out of my stick, them, stick them in ones. random corpse's head. <laughs> I was trying to somebody stop else the did bleeding. exactly the same thing. How he was th- trying to stop trying the bleeding. To stop. <laughs> Here, this newsprint will stop it, the
1: bleeding. I will jam this I saw it on a TV show once. Newspaper from today. I don't know what a
3: TV show is, but sometime in the future. <laughs> and how about fingerprints? Early, early fingerprints. Oh yeah, yes, Scotland Yard. Yes. That was Scotland Yard invented that, right? Mark Twain. Oh geez. Uh Dactyloscopy. A, dactylos- Teloscopy. Not to confuse with pterodactyloscopy. <laughs> 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 when they were first introduced, the guy that basically uh, pioneered it couldn't convince, he couldn't convince police to use it. And so he, in sort of desperation, published a paper on it in Nature. And uh, Mark Twain read this and wound up uh, writing a story called something about a thumbprint. Pterodactyloscopy. No. <laughs> he actually, in the story, uh, the, a thumbprint is, a is used to solve a crime. And that was the first time it was really used in fiction. Right. Uh, and this was before it was used in you know, real life. In real life. Oh. And actually Twain wound up using the same device in at least I think two other stories. Uh, uh it shows up in Puddinhead Wilson. Put
2: Wilson, yeah. Good old Puddin Wilson. And
1: I think Huckleberry Finn. It was a really Scotland Yard was famous for being the first to really widely apply it though, right? I'm not Citation sure. Citation needed <laughs> <laughs> Very Wikipedia. View. We
2: should get a shirt that <laughs> says that that Kevin should it. wear yeah. <laughs> while we record it.
4: this
0: podcast. <laughs> the information I have here is uh, Juan Vuketic was a Croatian-born Argentine anthropologist. In 1892, he made the pos- the first positive identification of a criminal in a case where Francisca Rojas had killed her two sons and then cut her throat trying to put the blame on the outside attacker, a bloody Print identified her as the killer. He became the director of the Center of Dactyloscopy in Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires. Do you guys know what anthro... Anthropometry. 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 That anthropometry. The study sounds of like, like
1: civilization, the study of society. No, no it sounds no, like the measurement the of human... The fingerprinting hum- of society. N- measurement of... To-
2: <laughs> Measurement of the human body somehow. So. Measurement of... I'm guessing uh, by like uh, gait recognition or length of your walk and height. Length like of your wang? It's probably got to do with a whole bunch of things. But anthro is, is like humanoid. And, humanoid, yes. And then metry would be measurement. Alphonse
0: Bertillon, uh, 1853 to 1914, was a French police officer and biometrics researcher who created anthropometry, an identification system based on physical measurements. It was the first scientific scientific system used by police to identify criminals. Before that time, criminals could only be identified based on unreliable eyewitness accounts. The method was eventually supplanted by fingerprinting, but his other contributions like the mugshot and the systematization of crime scene photography remain in place to this day.
2: So before that, they never bothered to say, so how tall was the guy? I guess so. (laughs) Hey, I got an idea. why don't we ask how tall the guy was? What we'll color the hair he yeah. you know, yeah. had. What color their yeah. hair was. L-
3: little known, he also invented that strip they put in the doors of 7 Elevens.
0: <laughs> well, I think it had to do with just more so the systematizing of the cataloging of these various. I, I believe had a limp.
3: I believe that they actually uh, eventually that was abandoned because one of the things that they did is they, they actually figured that criminals all had a specific physical type, so they they would yeah. say, "Oh, this guy has a, a heavy brow and yeah, a squashed yeah. nose." In the so school he, of phrenology.
1: He, yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. yeah. They, they must be. See the pronounced
1: brow, eyebrow. Yeah. In America, Indicates for he's se- he's a- several hundred years, they were all black. Just a coincidence.
2: Seems- it's and that co- it's continuing uh, quite a bit well, these days. it's
1: continuing that the jails are full of nothing but black people. That doesn't mean they're committing all the crimes. Well, not nothing but, but a larger proportion. It's like 90% or something, isn't it? I,
2: no, I agree with you. It's not that they're committing the crimes. I, yeah. I agree that the ridiculous prejudice that is putting them in there.
1: I love when people agree with me.
2: I know. You're not used to it. I know. I, that especially was, <laughs> from Joe. <laughs> that, especially that was, from Joe.
1: That was me agreeing with you. DNA. Di- Dioxin acid. Very nice. nice. Good one. Woo-hoo. Here's a cookie. Yeah, thank you. In
0: 1987, a serial rapist by the name of Tommy Lee Andrews was the first person convicted in the U.S. using DNA. Nevertheless, for several years, scientists continued to research and debate what constitutes a satisfactory match. The resulting process is broadly accepted and quantifiable. Uh, When using the most advanced analysis, there is only one in more than a quadrillion chance of a random match of two strangers' nuclear DNA.
2: So what's a quadrillion? That's 12 zeros? That's a whole bunch. I think more it's just four. It's, no, it's more it's four than four zeros.
1: <laughs> it's the one above a trillion. Well, oh. we all know so what a gajillion, a gajillion is. is 15 so 15.
0: Okay. It's one less than a gajillion.
2: <laughs> is
1: it? I, I don't, don't think know. we know what a gajillion is. Is a gajillion actually a number? Is that just no. what people say?
2: Torrance Torrance making a joke. Oh, it wasn't very funny. It's one funny. of those things that I do. Hilarious.
0: <laughs> Other forensic disciplines, disciplines may be classified as far less sound. Bike marks, footprints, tire tracks, handwriting, bloodstain patterns, and other forms of analysis that suffer from multiple confounding variables could end up being used as exclusionary evidence or as qualified supporting evidence only. Some types of evidence may be completely discredited. That's what happened with voice print analysis and lead analysis of bullets. Do you know anything about these?
4: Uh,
3: I didn't realize that voice print analysis had been uh, discredited. discredited no?
0: there were, they were popular forensic techniques until studies showed significant error rates.
3: Hmm.
1: So not very accurate. Hmm. I saw an episode of Law and Order where voice print analysis was used. Obsolete. Oh, well, if it's on television, then it must, it I, must right. be true. Hey, I, I've established long and hard on the <laughs> caustic soda that if I've learned anything, I've learned everything I know from film and television.
3: Well, let's not forget entomology.
1: Let's not. What, the study of origins of words? That helps somehow in That's etymology. No. No,
2: entomology is the study of giant walking trees. Yeah. Ents. That's true. Run forest, run. CSI <laughs> Mordor. <laughs> <laughs> there go. It looks like Gollum bit off more than he could chew. <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs> so
3: how
0: do we how does uh, how does entomology work in terms entomology, of
3: Entomology? Well, there are all kinds of bugs that prey on bodies and you can tell from Flies, for example. Flies, for example. You can tell not only the kind of insect eggs or insect pupa you find at the body, necessarily where it was where the body was killed. But if it w- has been moved, like there are some bugs that only live in cities, some bugs that live in more swamps or forests. Or, and you can also tell by the stage that the larva or the pupa in to give you a timeline, right. how long it's been there, how long they've been feasting on it.
0: Because flies have a very particular time in term eggs to pupa to adult kind yeah. of a thing.
3: So there is a whole branch of entomology called me- medical-legal entomology, the research into this is being pushed forward by the law, you know, how different technologies get pushed forward by different kinds of financial pressures like NASA was a big driving force behind a lot of technology. Mm-hmm. Because, well in this case it's actually the legal profession that's pushing forward the bounds of entomology.
2: Why why is that? Just because it's getting results and so they're yeah, saying it,
3: it gets results and they want more and, and,
1: and it's cheap. I would guess it's
3: reasonably cheap. Reasonably.
1: Because yeah, you just leave a dead body out in the middle of nowhere and let bugs get at it. They do that, actually. Yeah. Body, I, I body saw, farms. I saw the guy on uh, Annie's American Justice. They walked around his body farm. It used to be that they
3: used, they used
1: people that, uh, bodies that weren't claimed.
3: You know, uh, vagrants or whatever. But now they just now they have kill a, people. No, now they have a waiting list. A what? People, people Pe- donate themselves. People donate themselves. Oh, nice. Body farms are essentially where they take uh, they plant dead bodies. bodies and they, they try to duplicate different environments that other bodies are found in. So basically, they're running simulations so they can go. Okay, well, it's, if this body was thrown off of a skyscraper and left in a dumpster for a week, what exactly would it look like? And they do this with real human people. Well, with names
0: and human oh. people. So, this is
3: like the really gross version of the people who
2: keep out the McDonald's food and try and watch it decay or not decay. Right.
4: with the world today. All the world is restless since depression came our way. So last night I went to sleep and dreamed that I had died. My weary body felt at ease and to myself I cried, look at the flowers, they're certainly sweet. It sure is swell to be laying out dead. And look at the people all in the street. It sure is swell to be laying out dead. There's a lot of consolation riding peacefully. Past the guy that stole my wife, I know he envies me. And look at the horses, oh boy, what a treat. It sure is swell to be laying out dead. Look at the mourners Oh, don't they look grand It sure is swell To be laying out dead That's elegant music That's played by the band It sure is swell To be laying out dead There's the butcher and the baker Standing in their doors I won't have to worry How to dodge them anymore And look at the landlord Just shaking his head it's yours as swell Ooh. to be laying out
0: there. Previously, news. <laughs> Previously. 1992. Scientists from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service Forensic Laboratory discovered that poachers used agricultural chemicals as poison. The poison was injected into pumpkins, a favorite treat for elephants, and then scattered around watering holes. With poison, the tusks easily slip out of the elephant a few days after the animal dies.
1: CSI wildlife. Wildlife. wildlife, CSI Safari. So I say, CSI Africa. Yeah. They, they're very regionally based. Animal CSI. CSI yeah. Sierra Leone. They, they actually use uh,
3: a lot of forensic techniques, fish, game, and wildlife organizations to, mm-hmm. to find things like not just poaching but importing and, and smuggling uh, you know, bear parts and things like that. Yeah. there's There's a big branch.
0: Yeah, just like in police crime lab scientists at the Wildlife Forensics Lab. Use evidence such as fingerprints, gunshot residue, and DNA to reveal what might have happened to the animal and to identify possible suspects. But the wildlife scientists have an extra job. If they're given a gallbladder, paw, feather, or even pills, they have to identify which animal species the sample is from. The 24 scientists at the Wildlife Forensics Labs deal with over 30,000 species and handle an average of 600 cases a year. And there's a book called Animal Investigators – how the World's First Wildlife Forensics Lab is Solving Crimes and Saving Endangered Species by Laurel Neem.
2: That's a really long title. I used
0: by Laurel Neem is not
1: in the title. Oh,
3: I, I used uh, something similar to that in one of my CSI Miami
1: books where— uh, You had a gorilla solve the crime. <laughs>
3: yes! In a, Sherlock, oh, in a Sherlock Holmes hat.
1: You're a fan. I'm, alert. I'm sorry,
3: I, I didn't realize. Spoiler alert. I should have brought you one of those books. <laughs> no, I, I had somebody killed with a bow and arrow. And they try to match the arrow to uh, Ted Nugent, arrows. probably the prime suspect. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Ted Nugent or uh, possibly green arrow. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Hawkeye, but, <laughs> oh, but the but unf- Marvel DC divide. <laughs> purple arrow.
3: Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, you can't pull DNA off of feathers unless you have the root, the quill, mm. the root of the quill which, you know, if you're pulling those off of arrows, they're hand-fletched arrows, mm-hmm. uh, you can't get that. And mm-hmm. the, the feathers are made out of keratin. There's no How? DNA in keratin, is that no. what you're saying? No, it, there's no DNA in keratin. So, so what they wind up doing is uh, they, they figure out that the feathers came from the Everglades, from a bird in the Everglades, and they test them for mercury levels mm. because there, uh, there was a lot of mercury contamination from the 80s Basically, uh, uh, Florida gets almost all of the pollution from the rest of the country kind of funnels down towards it. And then when you have storms, it all collects down in the Everglades. It's like a great big, you know, chemical sieve. Yeah. So there are all of these uh, mercury levels in things like bird feathers, but... You can compare them and get the exact amount. So you can actually say, well, there's exactly this amount of mercury in this feather. And, oh, guess what? There's a feather over there with exactly the same mercury amount. Mm-hmm. So it accomplishes the same thing. It's a chemical
1: fingerprint. And that mm. winds up actually solving the murder.
0: For, to find out who did it, you'll have to read the book. That's
3: right.
1: My Chemical Fingerprint, isn't that a, uh, that's a. That's Nemo a band, band. isn't yeah.
3: it? My <laughs> Chemical Fingerprint? Yeah, I think so.
0: <laughs> so you did seven books and they're all done.
1: I did seven books and they're all done. Are you, you going to get commissioned for any more? Or, uh, are they still going? Do they still publish They're still them? going.
3: I believe that that after I left CSI Miami, they decided to bring it to a close, which mm-hmm. I find kind of complimentary, I guess. I was the only guy writing them for a number of years. CSI regular books, they've branched out. Uh, they have a bunch of different writers writing them. And they generally offer you a two-book contract. I wrote my two books and they, they didn't ask me to do any more, which is probably a good thing because right now... Other aspects of my career have taken off, so I, I probably wouldn't have time to do not want You don't want
0: to do be, be pigeonholed as a CSI Miami guy for the rest of your career. Or a
3: CSI Vegas guy. I got to do two CSI Vegas books, which I was very happy about because I, I really like uh, the, the characters there. Also, I got to do some really, really bizarre things with uh, medical forensics. One, one, of the, one of the characters on CSI is, is a doctor, and I wanted to use that. So I researched some really unusual medical conditions. Like house... Actually, I wound up using something that got used on House. It they just stole fit it from you too perfectly. No, mm-hmm. I stole it from them. Well, uh, I didn't steal it from them. It was an homage to House. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of uh, alien limb syndrome, where uh, one of your limbs actually has a life on it of its own and will will do things independently of you. Mm. I used that. The thing that I used that I was most proud of, that was very bizarre, is there is a nerve gas called BZ military nerve gas it's been around for quite a while too US military Yeah US military and symptoms of this gas can cause shared hallucinations What I shared know. hallucinations I know it's not it can actually <laughs> I know it sounds like telepathy but it, it's not basically uh, two different people will pick up cues from each other and will see things that aren't there The other thing is that the hallucinations tend to be very mundane <laughs> Like you see a cat walking by yes. or something. Yes, yes. You, you'll see, yeah. you know, like a coffee cup or a book. There are, something. there are dishes in the sink. If you both have the same cues, you'll see the same thing.
1: Or will wow. it be one of these, like, the guy will say, do you see that book over there? And the guy will look over, yeah, I totally do now.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, the power suggestion. The, the...
1: the uh, got to get some ladies on there. Do you see this handsome guy right in front of you? You see this It one. will change their perception <laughs> entirely. I... I <laughs> Hey, I see where there, you're going with there's, this. There's you want to get idea. some BZ. Yeah. I want to get my hands on some he BZ. Wants to, he wants to get BZ. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> it's one of the qualifications for writing CSI books. You have to be able to do puns. Mm. So, uh, But the example that they often give is uh, one person holds out an imaginary pack of cigarettes and the other person will take a cigarette and smoke it. Mm. Or two people on BZ will play an imaginary tennis game with no ball. But they both see it.
1: Very strange. So it's, the full
3: 3 benzilate is the formal name for it.
1: That Somebody good. else want to pronounce that? Yeah. Uh, that that sounds uh, that that sound pretty good. Yeah. That's certainly torn. You're the expert. <laughs> so I combine
3: that with uh, two medical conditions, uh, one advanced dementia and the other one being a disassociative disorder that basically people that get it, they think that they've died and gone to hell. Right on. So right. what I wound up having was these two characters both convinced that they're dead and in hell and they're seeing the same
1: things. Oh, so you're, 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 you're like you're piling one on top of the other.
3: Yeah. And and because it's a book, I get, to de- there? I get to describe it from their point of view. So I have these two characters that get to describe a hell version nice. of Las Vegas. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. It's like that, that video game <laughs> Fallout.
2: Now, did you get to go to, to Las Vegas to do research? Yes, I did. That's awesome. Oh, sweet.
1: And uh, yes, I did write
3: it off. Yes, folks, I do have the best job in the world.
1: Awesome. I, I love me some Vegas.
0: There's <laughs> no doubt about it. Speaking of video games, it must be time for pop culture. I would say so. Uh, Ubisoft has some CSI video games, CSI Dark Motives. Uh, this game, like its prequel, CSI Crime Scene Investigation, follows a distinct pattern of five cases with the fifth case tying together the previous four. So there's CSI, Hard Evidence, CSI, Miami, CSI, New York. Fatal Conspiracy. CSI, Dimensions of Murder.
1: I got to say, I'm not not real CSI. I'm not real chapped about the idea of a CSI video game. You can solve murders uh, in a video game. Neither
2: is Metacritic. These all have pretty mediocre to bad reviews. You know,
3: strangely enough, total coincidence, I uh, at one point wound up living below one of the guys working writing the CSI games. Oh, wow.
0: you compare notes? No, because at that
3: point I, was, right, have like a tie I wasn't in. I was writing the CSI games.
0: Oh, it wasn't happening the same time.
2: Now, there is a good uh, video game that has forensics and kind of crime scene investigation, although it's a little tongue-in-cheek, although not really. It's called uh, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. I mm. played it on the N- Nintendo DS. Uh, it kind of had this buzz going through the gaming world, like, oh, you got to check it out. It's so wacky and fun. And it's, mm. it's a good little game. And you basically play as an attorney who also seems to, for some reason, is the one who goes out to all the crime scenes to, like... Uh, investigate what's going on. You just move your little stylus around the screen, and then when you find certain things, you can click and uh, pulls up the information. But then you you don't figure it out right away, and then you cross examine people. You go back to the courtroom, and you've got an objection button. Objection! Just, oh,
4: nice. I, I want I an like objection that. button. Yeah. you,
2: you <laughs> should
1: get one yeah. for this. That's the guy. big thing. You will you will
2: see. I'll again. I'll post a picture up on the my on the objection of my. him going
1: objection. My objection button is my closed fist. It's just not the same. <laughs> I've, I've tried pressing his closed fist, and he doesn't. <laughs>
3: yeah. He doesn't make the noise or anything. <laughs> I just
1: windmill it right into your thorax.
0: Apparently, it's also a Facebook game, CSI Crime City.
3: Oh,
1: I know nothing about it. I only play Scrabble.
0: Facebook on Facebook. Oh, it's not called Scrabble anymore.
1: It is. Is it? Oh yeah, it's. Oh, it oh I thought is. it was
0: called Scrabulous. No, no. Oh, they it, took uh, they took Scrabulous off and then they put
1: was Scrabulous they sued them and got them to take it off yeah. and then they put their own did they hire, did they
0: hire the same people who made Scrabulous too
1: Oh no it's
3: too bad. all the work's done already this this is this is kind of a strategy these days where where you know if you're a hacker, you break into a place and then after you've been caught. The place you broke into hires you as a yeah. security specialist. Yeah. Oh, it was,
1: it's just like the Leonardo DiCaprio in that uh, a character in that movie, Catch Me If You Can. Right after he wound up doing after, same after thing. cheating everybody out of like four and a half million dollars in the sixties, became a he, specialist uh, on how became to a specialist on forging and yeah. and cheating and whatnot. Hey, that's like actually CSI related because they probably had to use a lot of forensic stuff to catch uh, catch that character, the Leonardo DiCaprio character, in Catch Me If You Can. It's, it's – uh, there's, there's a But a forensic science, like uh, uh, there is. financial forensics. No, the, the, there's a uh, –
3: Financial forensics. There
1: are. No, it's yeah, – There are. There, there,
3: there, there are two different branches you, we're talking about here. You're
1: as if that was impossible. I say again, financial forensics.
3: <laughs> 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 it's called forensic accounting. Okay. Ah, there you go. <laughs> and uh, it's generally handled by the department – a department called questionable
1: documents. If you ah, ever see a reference wait, to something Schmoodle called, it's not a great name, QD, yeah.
3: uh, they 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 handle that.
1: That's what I've nicknamed my penis. There's computer forensics, too.
3: I don't know how to respond to that.
0: <laughs> don't even try. Just move on. I'm not going <laughs> to tell learned. you the name of my penis. We've is that learned. what you're
3: hinting at? I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> is there a lot of blood in the forensic
3: accountants? A lot of blood? Oh, yeah. Knife fights. It's a lot of red tape. I It's
1: nasty. <laughs> nasty. Red uh, crimson tape
3: stained by blood. You don't want to become a forensic accountant unless you can deal with <laughs> dead bodies stuffed together. So in that's your still pop culture. That was a movie
1: that involved forensic in form. Fair enough. Fair enough. Score one for the Leeson. How about uh, if I flip over to comic books quickly Batman, the greatest detective in the, the world. World's greatest right. True. He's uh, constantly forensic-ing the shit out of things. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> sure. really, was yeah, one I'm of sorry. the ones that mm-hmm. uh, brought yeah. it up. Yeah. And and I'd like to say identity crisis, the great no, no, uh, identity,
3: you don't know identity crisis, identity the series, no. the series. Brad Meltzer. This is a comic no. series, this the, yeah, this is the the, JL, the the whole big JLA thing they did a few years back.
0: Oh, no. vaguely, about, vaguely. I'm Never wow. been a JLA. No, yeah, program. I do, I do vaguely kind of, remember. I'm
3: kind of shocked. Uh, uh, a writer named Brad Meltzer, who generally writes I know Brad Meltzer. Thrillers. Yeah. Got to do some comic book stuff, and he shook up the the DC universe with by, by using a classic fiction technique of saying, uh, "What happens if we really examine the more real world effects of a comic common comic book trope? In this case, mm-hmm. uh, villains getting their ident- their memories erased when the, once they've discovered somebody's secret identity, right? And it winds up branching out into this murder case. Really, really well-written series. Oh, it's the Sue Dibney murder. Yes. Okay. It's the Sue Dibney murder. But but how it gets solved is with forensics, specifically Dr. Midnight. And I think this is the coolest thing because he combines a pure comic book idea with classic forensics. Do, Do you know what he finds when he does an autopsy on Sue Dibney? He finds something. Semen. In her brain. And if semen. not, semen. Oh. Is it Curses.
0: an elongated something?
3: No. <laughs> <laughs> but you're on the right track. A brain worm. He finds footprints.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh nice. Somebody <laughs> went real tiny. Yep. I love isn't that, it. Isn't that great? Uh, that's, that's awesome. That's a
3: straight-out comic book idea combined with, with forensics. He finds, yeah, somebody's stolen a size-changing belt and gone into Sue Dibney's brain and killed oh, I would have thought it would Adam. Actually, it turns out he's evil. He,
1: <laughs> no,
2: he's not.
1: No. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to preface what you're about to say with spoiler alert. Okay, go ahead. I'm not going to reveal who the killer is. Oh, no, but I want to know. But it's not the atom.
3: It's good. Okay. Yeah, you have to read it now, uh, sucker. I think that, I think, I, I,
2: think I remember who it was. This was uh, 2004, oh, June well, through a December, seven, really seven issues. Yeah, yeah.
3: It's oh, tremendous. I uh, really
2: right, shook up it.
3: shook up the whole uh, DC universe in a really good way.
2: My favorite forensic scientist has to be Dexter Morgan Ooh, from Dexter. Yeah, Dexter. Yeah, he's a go. blood splatter analyst, isn't That's he? Right. And
3: serial killer who kills other killers. Yeah, of course. Anybody not a, not, not not other serial killers. Just actually. Evil people, most maybe. mostly other serial killers, but well, he does. Well, no, no, that he was certainly generally the uh, just but I think other. He out, no, yeah. no, it's just other killers. Usually, the people he goes after are people who have murdered someone else, not necessarily other serial killers.
2: I think that f- that first season, I think first everybody season, was pretty
3: much a serial, serial killer, killers.
1: but he has. They've, ever since kind it of became a hit, they've had to branch out.
3: And the reason that I'm so interested is because I also wrote a thriller involving a serial killer. Who targets other serial killers? Oh, uh, which uh, unfortunately, uh, well, it came out after the Dexter books, so I can't really say okay. I was being copied. But the the TV series became a hit after my book came out. Which, right. you know, it's not exactly a new idea. The idea of a serial right. killer killing serial killers has been done before. I mean,
2: In his code, Dexter's oh victims my gosh, must be killed. There's an animated
3: so. web series. Uh, crazy Is an animated Dexter web series? I Dexter did not know early that. Early cuts. Wow. So it's like Michael's flashing back to style. With the voice of, like of uh,
1: Michael C. Hall. It's like a, a prequel. And Kyle whatever.
3: Baker's one of the illustrators. And Ty Templeton. Wow. For, for anybody who
2: hasn't checked out Dexter, we're all talking, as, I guess, as though you've you've seen it. Uh, fantastically well done. It is an excellent series. Uh, show with a really interesting and engaging main character, some great acting, some really excellent drama, mm-hmm. um, some grossness, some weirdness. Uh, highly, highly recommended.
0: Silence of the Lambs.
2: Oh, yeah.
3: That's
1: more profiling.
3: It's profiling, but uh, remember the scene where uh, they're doing the autopsy on the body? Yes, they, 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 they pull that's the, the moth out of the...
1: Uh, out of the throat. Oh, yeah, and they keep talking about all the like flaps of skin that he's cutting off and what he's going to be doing with mm-hmm. them and all the rest of that stuff.
3: A death's head moth. I'm sure you're a big girl. Uh, getting back to entomology Jim just gum. for a second. I yes, think, let's do. One of the, the Vegas books that I did, I got to create my own serial killer and I created somebody I called the Bug Killer. Which is such a natural idea, I can't believe nobody had used it before.
1: He killed like a bug? Well, no, Grissom... Uh, he praying mantis somebody and bit their head off? No. Ooh, they're biting the head off now. While having uh, sex with them? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have a killer that uses bugs to kill people. Oh, snap. Like puts tarantulas in their bed. Well, stuff like that. <laughs> Black yes. widows on their eyeballs. Yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> But Why don't we let him tell us? Yeah, yeah really, I like your ideas better. Just, <laughs> wow,
3: Black Widow. I was going to say killer bees in the anus, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did use killer bees, too, because how can you not?
1: You Africanized know? bees. Apis mellifera aden Oh, a little Latin.
3: I also got to, I got to hide an extremely poisonous spider in a dead body. That was fun. Oh, Ooh, so what was, was what?
2: that a murder attempt on the CSI investigator? But less CSI on my personal life and
3: more on the fiction. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, what was the question?
2: <laughs> was that was that a murder attempt on the CSI investigator? Yes, when they cut open the body. The yes, bug will, it was. Oh my it god, it was.
3: I'm, in fact, I'm so clever. It wound up actually being or a murder, guy, murder attempt on the, the, the
2: corner. Who, the guy who uh, wrote
1: it was the clever one. I also get to use The yeah, uh, investigator.
2: I'm at least three quarters as clever. Mm.
3: Cyanide millipedes. What? Millipedes a very common millipede found in the uh, Pacific Northwest release cyanide as a defense mechanism you shake them up and uh so i i I used a whole bunch of them to uh, to kill someone well done in fact they sometimes they they use what are called killing jars which is the the title of the book and they'll put a a centipede in it in order to collect some of the cyanide in order to kill other bugs oh wow
1: the killing jar Mm -hmm. fascinating it's like the killing field, only much smaller. Oh,
2: we mentioned Sherlock Holmes. We didn't mention the, the new Sherlock Holmes, and I really like to, again, tell people about that because it's excellent. It yes. is, I've uh, seen uh, that. It's only, there's only seen, been three, right? Yeah. Good. It's a modern retelling of uh, Sherlock Holmes and what's his name? Martin Freeman? Is, yes. Is that his name? I the, that's he, it. Who, who played uh, Arthur Dent on the not very good Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy movie? And he was in the office. And he was in the English place, the British, office. Plays. The, the British Dr. office. Dr. Watson. Uh, he plays Doctor Watson, and it's, this is the show's by Stephen Moffat, who is the current Doctor guy who, behind okay. Doctor Who, and
1: is responsible for pretty much every one of the good new Doctor Who episodes. Are they retelling all the classic Sherlock Holmes stories, but just in a modern no, sense? No, they're kind of doing are they their doing own new stuff.
2: They're doing their own, but it's it's modern. So, that, and there's the, his name is Sherlock Holmes, and he lives at two twenty one B Baker Street, and Doctor Watson. But there are a few other let's just say tropes from the uh, the Sherlock Holmes universe that show up. Like Characters. He's a, like he's a cokehead. More that they play him actually is Asperger's. Oh. Um, he's very, he seems very uncomfortable with social interaction, but m- does not miss any details.
1: Has problems with emotions. So very unlike the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock
2: Very much is. unlike, yeah. The
1: exact Which was actually
2: pretty good as well. Uh, I haven't but, seen that one yet. It was a good movie. It was I re- okay. It was I recommend it. Yeah. I, I liked it. My only complaint would be it felt a little... Hollywoody. I just saw the commercial with Holmes all these with all these laugh.
0: fight scenes and I was like uh, it's not the Sherlock Holmes that I want to see
2: I, uh, actually Sherlock Holmes was quite a boxer that's true he was yeah.
1: and there's they start out with this thing about how he's in the middle of a fight and the whole world slows down and he examines the whole thing mm-hmm. and breaks it down and then analyzes the situation that comes up with the best mode of attack right yeah that and was they well do done it, they do it like twice and then they kind of abandon it and yep. I wish they'd done it like one more time right like any good uh, writing things happen in threes right I don't
2: know. Is that true? Yeah. No. I think two is fine. Yeah,
1: see? Two's good. True. <laughs> it's Take <true>. that, Kevin. <laughs> All Sorry. good things happen in threes. My mom, my mom told me so.
3: A lot of things happen in threes, yes.
1: But yeah, it, it was a half-decent movie. It made me think that maybe Guy Ritchie needs to write less of his movies that he directs. Oh, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's true. He does have a really good visual style, doesn't yes. he? He was
2: very stylish, yes. Yeah. Luster of Two Evils.
1: Would you rather be a crime scene investigator or... Or be <laughs> investigated as the crime scene. <laughs> what? Where's the negativity, negative aspect of Crime Scene Investigator?
3: Oh, believe me. One of the essays in the uh, book I edited uh, is uh, written by a real CSI investigator in Miami. Nah. And she describes the kind of disgusting filth and horrific things you get to see as an actual CSI. For instance, one of the first things they do when they... Go into a, a house in Miami to, to investigate a body is uh, they duct tape their uh, legs, the bottoms of their pants. You know why?
1: All the sluice, all the, uh, the awful, all the uh, excrement.
3: No, because uh, they want to prevent cockroaches from crawling up to their legs.
1: Oh. Uh. Well, okay, so hold on. How about, How would about... you
2: rather be a crime scene investigator? Or uh, responsible for plastinized, plasticize, Torn, what's the damn word? Plastinate. Plastination. plastination. Plastination.
0: Would you rather plastinate a dead body? Yeah. Or, or forensically or, or we're, talking about, we're talking
2: about as a job. Would you rather have the job of yeah. being a CSI investigator, like in going to crime scenes where there's dead bodies and all sorts of gross stuff, or would you rather be a person working for the plastin- pl- plastination company that makes all the body world's things and has to take dead bodies and pose them and deal with them. That's an easy one for me. Is it? What's what's? I your would answer? go with plastination. Yeah.
0: Although I'm sure it would be more chemically gruesome and uh, a difficult job.
2: Yeah, you wouldn't you get don't have to deal rotten with rotten bodies. You don't that, have
0: to deal with any you, you won't, crimes yeah. or people
2: or you know. Yeah, you don't like people. Well, <laughs> we, we've discovered this.
0: What I mean by that is that a there's a crime that happened and yeah. uh, somebody's dead. Somebody's right. been killed. Okay. Whereas in body worlds, They've donated their body.
2: To be honest, I actually would go the other way. And it's because I think the plastination might get monotonous. You know, you're like, oh, here's another body. You get kind of bored. You know. Oh yeah. Aside, 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 CSI even, thing would be a different CSI, a crime every CSI time. Thing, you're like, whoa, what happened here? Yeah, but by the and, same token, having
0: seen the Body Worlds exhibit, we know that they don't just show the same body over and over right. again. There's There's, you know,
4: you're but look, there's only checking out a so liver, many you're, you're
0: checking and, out the brain. You're doing the arterial plastination right. and removing all the other materials. Right. I, that would be
2: fascinating. I, I agree that it would be fascinating, but I think it, I would be I would be more fulfilled with a job where where cockroaches go up your different. legs? Well, no, because I would
1: duct tape them. Oh, shut. okay. I <laughs> Come will. Come on, I'd be a professional, man. <laughs> Unfortunately, I will not be the tiebreaker here because I'm pretty much even Steven. I uh, I could go either way.
3: Are we going to allow that? I don't think we can allow that. I, I think I would go for the, the, the plasticization, too. Just Having because... Having known what you know about <laughs> forensics. Well, knowing what I know about real forensics is that a lot of the job is really boring. They, yeah. they very rarely get to Isn't actually solve crimes. is that true solve about solve just about crimes. every job?
1: Every job is kind of like oh, hell no. 60% boring. And... I love my job. I get to make stuff up for a living. I have a great job. My job is never boring. There's monotony involved in writing.
3: Okay. Well maybe there's <laughs> maybe that one time. editing occasionally is monotonous, uh doing proofreading, but you know, I have to do that once every six months. So
0: you're not gonna choose you're not gonna choose a lesser? No. You're gonna not. say they're equally evil?
1: I <laughs> I am equally evil today. Well wow. I ask
0: if you're equally evil.
1: I'm 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 absolutely one hundred percent ambivalent.
2: You you don't care? You wouldn't want you wouldn't want either job. I don't feel so you, strongly. So you one take way or the, the bullet
1: then. <laughs> Somebody's got a gun to your head. You know what I'd be? I'd be the crime scene investigator that plastinates the bodies after I'm done investigating. Well, no, no, wait, listen, wait. He, listen, you let him I'll be, I'll on, be on the fence because then he I'll can get bull. shot,
3: you can investigate the crime, <laughs> and you can plasticize his body. Listen, and I'll write about the whole thing. Everybody wins. <laughs> Raymond K. Hessel,
2: what do you want to be? I, you yeah. can't make so me take, care. So you're taking the bullet.
1: I guess so. Shoot him.
2: I, I couldn't di- care less. Shoot him. You would rather die than do either job. No. <laughs> shoot him. I, I, well, then I, you have to pick you, a job. A gun couldn't make me care. I, I, I think Even
3: he's... a gun to my head couldn't make me care about so the you, answer to this so question. So you would
2: rather die than answer the question. I think, I think yeah. in fact,
3: he has you because you're obviously bluffing. <laughs> you're not <laughs> going to shoot him. Oh, I'm not bluffing. Then no, shoot I, him.
2: I, I, Wait I, you see my freezer full of balls. We'll
0: find out on the guns episode.
2: <laughs> yeah, there you
0: go. Uh, so where can we go to buy your books to find out about uh, your what you're working on and all that kind of stuff?
3: ddbrant.com for my urban fantasy stuff. DonCortez.com will give you uh, some of my uh, CSI stuff. Uh, and, you know, it's all available mass market paperback. You know, Amazon, Chapters, many of those. And what are you know, working on right now? Right now I'm working on an urban fantasy series called The uh, Bloodhound Files, which is sort of a police procedural urban fantasy. Cool. Uh, so it's uh, the same sort of you know serial killing, solving crime stuff, but in a world uh, that n- where 99% of the population is either a vampire, a werewolf, or a golem.
0: Right on. Well, thanks for coming out. My pleasure. And we'll see you next time on Caustic Soda. Hey, folks, thanks for listening. Uh, this episode's musical interlude was Alex Bartha's 1932 song, It Must Be Swell to Be Laying Out Dead. Make sure you check out com, where you can comment on the episode and see pictures, videos, and show notes for this and all our episodes. Uh, and, hey, share the wealth, spread the caustic love around. We can always use more listeners. In the last couple episodes, I provided info for Cthulhu Palooza, which is happening in Vancouver at the Rickshaw Theatre, uh, I said that the event was February 19th. It's been changed to February Friday, February 18th. I uh, hope you can make it. All the Caustic Soda team will be there. And among other keen goings on, my Lovecraftian rock band, the Darkest of the Hillside Thickets, will be performing. So check out CthulhuPalooza.com for details and search for both Cthulhu and Caustic Soda on Facebook. See you next time.
4: I won't have to worry about a job or food to eat. I won't have to worry whether shoes are on my feet. And look at the poor folks that's begging for bread. Oh boy, it's swell to be laying out dead.